Friday Night Music. I thought I was going 2.7. Lupe Fiasco, the man himself. This man deserves all his flowers. Yo, flowers. Flowers. <laughs> we're gonna touch on that shortly. <laughs> we will, we will. But that being said, it's the After Hours Show on 102.7 East FM. Mm-hmm. This is your boy Max. This is Cypher. It's your boy Prodigy, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? What yeah. is going on? Yeah, yeah. Yo, this winter is not ending by any any it's time. It's not ending, bro. <laughs> Yo, this is game is madness out here, bro. It is, bro. Nonstop. I don't know if where y'all listening from right now, but if you're listening from Toronto. That's right. It's absolutely terrible it's here. Wild. Yo, oh, got- yo, it's even wild out in Texas too. <laughs> oh, yo, the cars are slipping and sliding, yo, fam. Yeah, seriously. they're not built for this. Yo, I got, I got built for this. I got a friend who lives in uh, in Vancouver, yeah. and he sent us a snap the other day that it snowed, and he sent us he sent a snap. He's like, "Look, it's snowing. We're gonna have fun." I'm like, "Yo, get out of here, bro. We're over the snow." <laughs> this guy's talking about having fun in the snow, and then I was also kind of taken back because for me when I think about Vancouver I think this weather is always nice yeah. and their bad weather is when it rains yes, you know and it's yeah. still somewhat warm so then he's like ah this is once in a while that comes and you know people get excited this guy like clockwork the next day he sends a snap of the exact same view where he showed the snow the other day from his condo balcony and there's no snow on the ground wow. it's all melted away and it looking Talk nice about best of both worlds right bro <laughs> that's like a snow day one day <laughs> yeah. grab a toboggan go down the hill Facts. Next morning you're you're jogging on the same track, you know. <laughs> and places like that too, like you also got to take in that places like that, like Texas, yeah. when they get like just a half a millimeter of snow, the whole That's city it. shuts down. Yeah, yeah, down. yeah, yeah. So I mean, man, I'm over winter. I'm really, really like over winter. Please. Seriously. That's why we're bringing this heat on the Friday night. That's, That's true. That's true. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what the weather is outside. Rain, fall, snow. Yeah, yeah. We coming at you live. Hard every Friday, 9 to 11 p.m. It's the After Hours Show, 102.7. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Yo, we got a huge mix show for you tonight. It's myself and DJ Cypher on the ones and twos. Yeah, yeah. After this interview we got tonight. But this interview, though, this interview is going to be a good one. Because we got the boy Sus Varman in the building tonight. We do, we do. For those of you who do not know, Sus Varman is an up-and-coming rapper. He's also a YouTuber. And a producer. And a producer, yeah. What does this man not do is the question is the better question, right? I think that should that's what I should have started with. But that being said, Sus Varman is out here just absolutely killing it. He has probably one of the more unique sounds and flavors that he's delivering, especially in the Tamil community for sure, but even as abroad. Yeah. I think he's just doing big, big things. Mm-hmm. Even for us personally, we just literally just came across him very recent and yes. Once we seen him, there was no way we were not having a conversation with him, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to learn today. You guys are going to learn today. So stay tuned. We're going to get right into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we do got a very, very special guest in the building today. We have the one and only Sus Barman on the line. What's going on, bud? Not much, though. Just chilling out, pumping bowls, bud. <laughs> that seems like the vibe. The Friday night vibe. Friday right? night vibe, yeah, so, for real. So, yep. So Sus Farman is a rapper that's coming straight out of Toronto. Yo, Sus Farman, for the guys who don't know who you are and what you're doing, why don't you give us a little intro of yourself and, and what you're up to? Oh, man. Uh, I'm depressed. Uh, I basically make rap music about my own personal mental health issues and all that kind of stuff. Basically, if you've ever listened to alternative type stuff, that's basically sort of what I be on, um, on my own kind of a vibe. And uh, if you like that kind of an indie rap aesthetic then i think you would like sus varman <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i think we definitely get the indie vibes off of you yeah um a lot of a lot of the songs that i've heard at least from your collection on spotify it seems like you get a lot of inspiration from 
um, you know, the indie scene or the independent artist scene as well. And it seems like, you know, like you described, the, the songs that you put out are very in tune with your emotions as well. Like the first project that you have out here, the EP, uh, I write songs so I miss my dad less. And uh, it has a very powerful title and an even more powerful image. Can you tell us a little bit about that first album, that first project, and, and how you came about that? Mm, yeah, so kind of prior to all of that um, sort of life stuff happening, I had an inkling of an idea that I wanted to sort of make a more long-form project, but I never really had any sort of ideas for it. And then all that kind of life stuff just sort of confronted me. And then all of a sudden, almost instinctually, I started to make a lot of music just kind of out of a means of escapism and survival and mm -hmm. as a result of that i just had a lot of written and both like composed i guess com produced material that i had on hand and i realized hey i could turn this into maybe this is sort of a signal as to the thing i should be addressing and the thing that i should be making a project about considering as to the one thing that occupies my mind more than anything because that's just sort of what that kind of thing does so as a result of that i wrote and refined this project that became i write songs so i miss my dad less mm -hmm. is, it, is it safe to say that music is kind of your outlet to take out your emotions and like write out how you feel so i mean obviously you've been blessed with the ability to you know, rap and make music properly, but is this yeah. because you have this talent? Is it something that you're using as your outlet for as a coping mechanism? Absolutely, it is definitely something that I use as a coping mechanism now, especially more explicitly now, more than ever. Because I feel like before I was almost a little bit ashamed of the idea of that. Because you know, there are people who will tell you that there's nothing that can replace real therapy, and obviously, I've been through real therapy and psychiatry and all that. And there is nothing that can replace that kind of thing, but it still provides such a crazy level of catharsis to like everything I experience. And more so than that, it's sort of akin to that Oprah thing that she always toted about when you're upset with somebody, you write a letter to them, but you fold it up and you put it in an envelope and then yeah. you throw it away so that they never see it. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, my music and my writing is a way for me to just sort of organize the events that happen in my life and organize the sort of awful things that happen to me and if i can organize them and i can present them in a way that has power behind it i can be empowered by those bad things that have happened to me jeez that's deep i gotta you know give, first of all give you kudos for the fact that yep. you're you're so openly talking about this as well too i can't imagine you've always been this way i think that especially when it comes to things such as mental health and like you know getting caught up in your in your thoughts and just going through rough times anyone who goes through any sort of trauma it's it's always very difficult to speak yeah. on right so the fact that you're doing this is kudos to you. But yeah, that's, I'm wondering, was, uh, mm -hmm. so was that like always your style that you want to always yeah. start off with? Or did it start off somewhere else and then you kind of change your route of how you want to do your music? Well, I've always been kind of naturally, I guess, like uh, admittedly a very brash person with <laughs> my identity. Like whoever I felt I wanted to be, I would make it known that that was the person that I was. And I wouldn't ever compromise that and i think as a result of experiencing such crazy um experiences like what made my ep what it was um i think also with that in particular when it comes to something like death um that specifically people don't tend to look two ways about people always really 
sort of validate what you're going through when it's death in particular. So I think those sort of two things kind of collided and my brashness and people's acceptance of death as like valuable and viable kind of trauma and a viable experience. I think those two things colliding is what made me feel so comfortable about talking about this. And at the same time, there were points when making the record where I felt like maybe this is TMI, maybe it's too much. Like I definitely am human enough to say that I went through phases where I thought maybe I was telling a little bit too much to people who I didn't even know. But I realized also that that fear was a result of risk and that good art comes as a result of risk. You have to really be putting something on the line to earn people's time and to earn people's respect. And those three things I think made the whole project work. Wow. That's super deep because you're straight up being a hundred percent unapologetic with the way you feel and, and how you're putting it through your music. And, you know, I think that's something that's lacking in a lot of music today, specifically hip hop, right? It's a lot of um, false false faces or false stories being told, false narratives in people's rights and their rhymes. But, you know, you're really being unapologetically truthful in everything you're saying and, and how you're feeling. So I think that's definitely going to elevate you and get you that much farther in the game. Uh, and we're talking about this album right now. Once again, this is called I Write Songs So I Miss My Dad Less. It's on Spotify right now. We're going to get a sample of one of these tracks, one of my favorite tracks personally off the EP. Um, we're going to jump into a little bit of the creative process and, and how we came about this song. The song is called Flowers. Once again, this is Sus Varman. Here we go. Give me my flowers while I can smell them Give peace and love to those that you respect while you can tell them They taught me to love the dead and preemptive Somehow your love can only be shown while what you love is sentient I call it condescension when every day without a change Somehow calls for you to mention all your love for them Despite the intention, I think it's flawed to love someone as if they already died We gotta give people we love a chance to feel life And I weigh them down with all of the grief and strife of when they gotta go and walk towards the light The thought of open love is awful nice But the kind of love we give them when they're gone is a different type Death ain't a punishment, it's a fact of life So why use the present just to fixate on your afterlife? So while you're here, give it all Cause if we all live forever, then we wouldn't live it all So while you're here, give it all Cause if we all live forever, then we wouldn't live it all so what's the point of feeling sorry when you cannot stop it? But don't feel bad because you're scared we all have it in common To have a fear of what stays unknown is f***ing exhausting At least we have each other At least I have my brothers At least I have my mother I really miss my sister But her career been popping And all of us been talking I guess I got it good And I don't think that often production is absolutely insane so before we jump in 
Mr. Sussbarman, you do your own productions and your own raps. You write your own raps all from scratch. Is that correct? I do. I do Jeez. both. Crazy, crazy. All right, let's jump into this one. This one's called Flowers. Once again, off the EP, I write songs, so I miss my dad less. Tell us about this one. How did you come up with this composition? Like, was there samples involved? Just tell us about the whole creative process. Man, so at the point where I made this one, I was kind of at the point with the EP where I realized that all of the songs, it was sort of a first draft kind of a thing where all of the songs kind of were about the same thing. It was kind of, oh, I'm sad about my dad being gone and I do drugs because I'm sad. And it was that across four different tracks. And I realized, man, this is really not that interesting to listen to. So as a result of that, I kind of rewrote the first three songs from scratch and I had this beat sort of on my computer just lying around that I had made for whatever reason and I realized that I guess I wanted a song that was about death that wasn't personal that was something that more people could relate to than just myself mm -hmm. and I always heard this concept I guess of people talking about give people their flowers while they're here. It's something that we've heard especially a lot in the past year given all the crazy death. Like I'm thinking in particular Kobe Bryant because mm -hmm. basketball fans, like everybody thinks about that. And it, we have this big sort of premise of giving people their flowers while they're here. And I, I've always disagreed with that as somebody who's experienced death at such a close level because it's just sort of counterintuitive to the way we treat people while they're alive. And we should give people the right to feel as though they're alive while they are alive and give them their flowers once we deserve to and once we should give them their flowers. And as a result of that, that was sort of the basis of the writing of the song. That was sort of the central idea. And I kind of started moving and like expounding upon that idea. So the idea comes first and you work around it to, to write your tracks. Is, is that right? Basically, yeah, like everything should kind of, that's sort of how you write songs that have like a point. Otherwise, yeah, they kind enough, of start enough. to feel a little bit yeah. kind of loose and like a little pointless. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, at least to me personally, you know, some people do incredibly well writing pointless music. But it's, yeah, like for me personally, it feels pointless if I don't write it around like a central theme or idea. Right, yeah. So speaking of that, like, of course, like, rappers nowadays a lot of rappers for that matter they focus on the beat the production and the lyrics are not really what people are looking for in songs anymore but you of course are very unique as an artist focus on all these aspects and your beats are something that should not be uh left unnoticed as well 100%. these are like underground beats they sound so classy but you still focus on the biggest part of music personally i think is the lyrics that are tied to these songs so wh why is that so important to you compared to what's like i guess trending now uh with the the music that we got going on you know in a weird way um it's not something that i think i chose as sort of uh throughout my life there have been flashes where people like teachers in particular because i wasn't I was a really good student and then I was a really bad student for like a little bit. There was like a very clear shift. And the one thing that teachers complimented me on even after I stopped trying in school was my ability to write because I wouldn't, I would try, but not in the academic sense. I would always try to make the teacher laugh or try to make the teacher giggle or try to entertain mm -hmm. 
whoever was reading what I was writing because I just felt like somebody has to read this like and read a bunch of other boring ones in yeah. my class. You know how boring these people are. So it sucks. So make it interesting. <laughs> so as a result of that, writing from literally like day one of school to like the day I left school was always my strongest suit. So I always yeah. kind of lean into that because I feel like, well, that's where I've been most validated as far as uh what i feel like qualified people have to say so the goal so, was always I, to like make an impression on people i i just feel like that is what i'm inclined to believe i'm the best at doing mm-hmm. as a human being almost so you feel that's like a sense of purpose that drives you as well too which translates into, into your music yeah like writing would be the thing like if you were to take away all of my skills and leave me with just one and i got to choose it would writing would be the thing that i would choose to keep so at what point did this writing turn into lyrical writing like was there a transition a known transition or if you since you were a kid it's always been the case that you always want to write music it was a high school for sure like we would always um me and my friends kind of would always do because i went to a very like arts inclined and a performing arts inclined high school so kids were doing art stuff unabashedly no matter what and rapping was of course the cool thing to do so we would always write in grade nine we would write like one-liners and like two bars and like punchlines and then those punchlines would turn into like 16s and those 16s would turn into 32s and those 32s would turn into songs Mm -hmm. and before we knew it a bunch of us were rappers but the very few people who people liked the most kind of kept doing it because it was more incentivized socially and I was kind of lucky enough to be a person who people jived with mm-hmm. so to speak <laughs> nice man Dope. nice it's, it's, it sounds like it's come it's come natural for you yeah 100%. when I when I think of Sus Varman I don't know why I'm thinking this but I feel like Sus Varman with the amount of crazy lyrics he has he actually has a notebook tell me I'm not wrong do you still have a notebook where you write down all your lyrics like Nas's book of rhymes you or know? are you like Jay-Z <laughs> and you spit it off the top of your head without writing anything down <laughs> Neither. I am absolutely neither. I was born in 1998, so like I am more used to typing. Okay. And oh, typing! Oh my oh, god! Wow! Wow! You just you took you threw us off heavy there. Like, like there's no notepad when it's typing. I see where that comes from. I totally like see the angle. I'm just so not like a. I remember being in like grade five and six thinking why are we still writing things he's a futurist my guy's a futurist so i mean speaking on your lyricism of course we touched on your production ability earlier as well and i want to jump into that a little bit as well before we do i want to play another one of your tracks this one definitely is uh, an ode to your production skills i think uh this next song that you brought out in 2020 this song is called mine once again this is sus varmint it's available on spotify now we're gonna play this song and get back into it Look away 
different places that my doubts spared I see the sky, I see the stars, I hope I find more out there I wonder if I'm gonna make it if I face the challenge Or sit in corners on my thumb where I debate my talents I find I'm falling short of grit if my short from perfect I still forget that my mistakes don't mean my fate is certain And if you find that you relate to doubts and gain your purpose I hope you make it, hope you make it, hope you make it worth it Found growth through both my hell and gripes But ain't a single thing I'm trying to sell when I write All my wrongs and doubt believe part of one head of might And all my songs about my grief, my love letters to life I'ma sing them from the top of the hill like I'm Adele Trying to find something until it all just find me well Perhaps invasive introspection really overrated I find my mind is clear without it so there's no debating And maybe if I'm worth it isn't something I should question And maybe thoughts are lack of worth the product of the setting A lot of things I learned from my pops that I've forgotten Insecure from all the bullshit you get caught in my music ain't depressing that shit real more just a state of life than the way that i feel but i still have my distance to heal i keep my distance and i see what i feel the worst thing to call somebody is crazy is dismissive i don't understand this person so they're crazy that's bullshit these people are not crazy they're strong people maybe the environment is a little sick what you meant by the production value on that is insane level up level up 2020 you definitely came hard my friend it looks like uh you know you 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 had the the truth be told in your first ep it was a little bit darker there was um some light towards the end but then everything that you dropped in 2020 with this track mine and everything else that came out after it was just uh it was a lot more lively i feel like uh you, you might have even found your sound there with this one too can you tell us a little bit about this song and, and how you came about it Man, so this one, it's crazy that Jocko, I was surprised that Jocko was doing because no one cares about this one. <laughs> no, this wow, was, no way. It's probably one of, the, like, one, of my, one of my top songs too in your discography. Seriously, yeah. Wow, this one's a sleeper. Jeez. Yo, sleeper um, for sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I was in music school when I was in college. I was in Seneca's music production program when I had made this one. Um, it was sort of the third of three that I put out that year and it was the basis of it was just this like gorgeous Bill Evans sample which like Bill Evans is a jazz pianist who I am who I adore I absolutely love all of his work especially for sampling it's gorgeous the reason why I fell in love with sampling but that song kind of came as a result of a a lot of people telling me my music was depressing and I kind of would always kind of at my eyes and thinking like well you're not really listening to it like i do make some positive stuff and as a result of it i kind of wanted to make a song that felt like good and made me feel good and just it wasn't based on anything but sort of a chasing a feeling and i guess that particular feeling was i mentioned de la soul in the second verse but their song i know 
in particular is a song that just makes me feel like I want to cry, but because I'm happy. So I wanted to make a song that kind of felt like that. And I think in a way the title kind of sort of is a signal to that, calling it Mm Mock. I feel like like you do that with all your titles. (laughs) And it it makes sense because you you know exactly what you're about to get yourself into before you even hit play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This one in particular was just very like almost precious to me. Like it's very precious. Like a lot of the writing in it, like perhaps invasive introspection really overrated. Find my mind is clear without it. So there's no debating. That stuff like that's like mantra level. So it becomes very precious to you personally when you listen and affirming when you listen back to stuff like this. Yeah. Facts. And, and you make music for yourself is what it, what it is as well too, right? And if yeah. it resonates with uh, an audience, then that's just uh, that's just the benefit of, uh, of the art. The bonus, I guess. Yeah. The bonus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you said you were in production school uh, when you were working on this track, and you know you can obviously see through it just in the level of you know excitement that the track brings and the amount of light that it brings. There's one thing that I noticed, you know, just following you on YouTube and, and watching your videos on Instagram. You know, you said you were born in 1998, but you seem like you have or you're very in tune with uh, you know your ability to sample music that's you know much older, than much you. older than you before your generation, and even using tools, right? Like I see that you're using. And SP404 in, in some of your uh, in your beats. And for those who don't know, there's uh, producers back in the day like Jay Dilla who used to use these machines that are much older. You record songs and you can chop them up, and that's really how you sample and put together songs. Obviously, the technology is out here now that you can do that a lot easier. But th- the sound quality is never the same unless you, you use the old stuff, you know. So why don't you tell us a little about that and and why you choose to use older equipment to kind of bring out that sound? Oh man, I honest to God have grown to view this as like less of a positive because I'm (laughs) Conan O'Brien is the one who says this and I identify with him the most when he says it it's that he very quite frankly just feels like he is out of his generation like he (laughs) in the 80s was obsessed with Elvis Presley like that sort of a thing and me I feel as though like I'm very much out of touch with everything that is modern and recent and i feel like being born in 1998 is such an important distinction because we were the last people who like knew what floppy drive (laughs) floppy disks were like i used those i remember those because we were brown and cheap so we didn't upgrade so (laughs) far better than everybody else so as a result of that i kind of find myself shying away from things that are like new and shiny and i find the value in what was great about the stuff that was behind us and i sort of like always loved digging into the past and into the obscure and with the sort of sp404 it was more being a part of that like beat making culture that coats these sort of analog samplers and synthesizers as the sort of prime beat making units and i just identify with that based off of the way i grew up and the sort of environment i had as far as technology oh fair enough yeah so we're speaking about like things from the past and uh i was recently just watching one of your youtube videos where you uh recreated one of your beats from the past oh yes i, I think see. that was the uh the zelda beat was it i'm glad you brought that yeah, up yeah something, I want to talk about something that. the zelda beat <laughs> yeah so talk to me that obviously you've been doing this for quite some time so how did you get started into music and how has your music evolved since from because that beat 
even when you were 10 years old, from what I remember, was flames. Was flames. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And you still managed to make that, re recreate it, and it was still flames. But tell us about how you got so into this at such a young age. Man, so I, um, I was a weird kid. I was a weird child. I was doing music. I was singing and dancing from like when I was a very, very like four or five years old. But as I grew up around like computers and stuff, I realized like, oh, like you can produce songs, like you can make songs just on a computer, like full songs, like full real things that would have been made in a studio. So as a result of that, I obsessively started to YouTube and Google things. And I do to this day to solve technological problems or whatever. I just obsessively YouTube and Google things to learn how to do them properly. And it's as a result of the habit that I started when I started to produce because I didn't have a teacher or anything. I just had the internet at my disposal. So mm -hmm. That's teacher right as a result of that, I kind of got really obsessive about it. My parents saw that I took a liking to it. And every time, every kid has like Christmas and birthdays as their two times they can cash out as far as <laughs> So I was just a 10-year-old who would ask for, like, a MIDI controller wow. or, like, studio oh, money. Dedicated from day That's one. Like, just one. And that was a habit I started at 10 years old that resulted in me being able to do what I do now because I got so far ahead. Because um, there's a quote I heard recently, actually, from Kobe Bryant, who I mentioned earlier. And he said, it's one thing to know what your purpose is. It's another thing as far as luck to learn it when you're really young mm -hmm. and that i think is very pivotal to like me as just a that person that speaks volumes yeah 100%, 100%, volumes. Yeah. speaking of quotes um at the end of mine there was a quote that we heard coming like, that was sampled from somewhere else uh where was that from can you tell us a little bit about that and why you use that so that is the great dave Chappelle. actually that is okay. um from inside the actor's studio which is a show hosted by the late James Lipton, rest in peace, a fantastic interviewer and host. And um, Dave Chappelle, as he does, was, you know, talking about celebrities in Hollywood, you know, who are reported by tabloids as being crazy and all that kind of stuff and how the environment around them is sick. But I felt like those words in particular, when I had watched the whole thing, which was like an hour long, those particular words stuck out because they just resonate with the way that we talk about things like mental health and we talk about people like the real life way that we talk about these people mm -hmm. is more likely than not negative because of the way it implicitly affects us so as a result of that like we determine these people as crazy and i feel like those words from him in particular and the authority yes. that he says with is just so powerful it resonates so well and mm, it just yeah. it's it's perfect i have a version of that song that sometimes I, for some reason i accidentally play instead of that one that doesn't <laughs> have that and i get like annoyed because the song is just so much better with it in it 100 and, and it's it's funny how you, you touch on that how like the the people who express themselves like they tend to be called out to be crazy and stuff so I just want to pull back a little bit something that you said earlier. You said when you were a kid, you were a little weird kid dancing and singing and dancing, and that's kind of what grew into who, who you are, right? I think 
that still applies to you that you're you're a little like unorthodox a little out of the box and i think and i don't say it's a bad thing because i think that's what brings your sauce and like yeah. your style add, add and like, some personality and personality yeah. and and, mm-hmm. and and it's crazy too because you touch on such deep levels of like thought process and like you know through depression and things that you're dealing with but like you you somehow manage to like cultivate that into art and and, and like your youtube for example like i you know you're making music and you have your con- content out here um, uh, your discography on on all the streaming platforms, but your YouTube, I think on your YouTube you see your like personality just shining, and from things like you know you taking your ra- record collections and throwing a random beat up together, or like even that the whole ten year old when I was ten year old I made this beat and then talking about it, you see that you know you're a little embarrassed about how you were, but you're still you know trudging through that and like showing yeah. what the thought process is right. So and adding like the comedic re- relief the as comedic well, relief <laughs> as well too. So so I think that there's a beautiful thing that the fact that you took this quirkiness and this weirdness about you and you made this who you are and like mm-hmm. you accept it, you embraced it fully, right? Yeah. Um. And 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 this is like the same thing, like what you said with Dave Chappelle thing. If you let just society and people tell you that this is how you're supposed to be and this is strange and this is weird and you. I'm not even sure if I'm asking your question here, but it's just more to like give you your stripes and like kudos to you for actually embracing that and embracing yourself and putting that out to there. Because I think we need a lot more of that energy out there to protect, you know, children and people and like character, character. And uniqueness and everything of that and, sort. And yeah. art, right? And if, if you did assimilate and you weren't who you were and like embrace that, then bro, we wouldn't have you and we wouldn't have this music that you're putting out, right? So that's a big... Uh, it's big, big energy that you're putting out into the world. So man. let's talk. Yeah, let's, let's talk about what's next. What are you gonna do next with your YouTube? What do you? What's your plans with this YouTube channel that you got going on? Man, first of all, <laughs> thank you, cause like you know, just being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Yo, kudos <laughs> to you, man. Yo, that that shit is fucking crazy, bro. That you're like, like that you put yourself out there like that. On it, quite frankly, um, I'm looking to move more into releasing original music more frequently sort of make that the front running horse of the race and make the videos more long format more thought out but kind of less frequent because i feel as though i know genuinely i i did a poll on my instagram quite literally two days ago that (laughs) proved it that people genuinely like my original music a lot more than they like my original videos and that's not to say that nobody likes my original videos Mm -hmm. and that i don't like making my original videos so i still will Mm -hmm. but i'm just incentivized to do them a lot less frequently than music so good news is that whoever likes my music which is more people than like my videos (laughs) will get more music which is like there's no shortage of stuff coming out because i always kind of just chuck stuff out that i have even if i don't have anything new because I always have archives and archives and archives, but there's going to be a sort of shift in the balance of the amount of stuff in each basket. So could we, uh, could we say that there's another album coming out sometime soon then? 2019 was the last one, so. I, honest to God, I did a live stream today where I talked about this because somebody asked if I was going to put out a new EP. Mm-hmm. It's not incentivized anymore. It, um, people... In my view of it, people treat every single single, every individual song, as if it were an album. They give each song the video, they give each song the promotional mm-hmm. cycle, and that's 
sort of the reason why stuff in the music industry seems to be moving so fast is because everything is based around singles. Everything is based around singles no, songs, really. and they, yeah, yeah. But they just take less time to complete that cycle around, and they can turn out that cycle a lot faster. So, I until I feel as though making another long format project is incentivized. I don't see myself doing it in the near future. Admittedly,、mm-hmm. I have albums. I have maybe four or five albums that you will never hear. <laughs> I like that. I'm just that person. But maybe one day in the next six, seven, eight years. Six, seven, eight years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, told, I told them we're gonna be looking forward to the singles, you know, nonstop. I mean, those, he has a he, he has a valid point. Sometimes your music can get lost in an album, and、Definitely. like all the amount of work that you put into this kind of just gets overlooked because you didn't get that promotion because you promote it as an album, right? So valid point, I would say. And I think a lot of people's attention spans a lot shorter nowadays too. So I mean,、yeah. no one can really sit through a whole album unless you're a real, real music lover. And the thing about doing a whole album is that like you are working against. Everybody else, like every major artist, is just doing singles unless they have a big enough platform where they can incentivize an album. Otherwise, anyone that's up and coming is only putting out singles. So you're trying to work against something that it's a battle you just can't win because you're just outnumbered.、Mm-hmm. And if you don't accept that, then I know a lot of people who get lost in making albums, and it's just. It's not worth it. It's not a battle you're gonna win. So speaking on that, how do you feel about collaborating with other artists here in Toronto? And like, who would be like a dream collaborator for you? Dream collaborator, man, in Toronto or anywhere for that yeah, matter. Yeah, anywhere for that matter, not, even if it's not Toronto. Hmm, man. I obviously really love Madlib. Like unashamedly, wrote a little only one freestyle was kind of proof of that. And I would love to one day. That's sort of like a Bucket list. Obviously, guys like him, Alchemist, and all that kind of stuff are sort of bucket list. But as far as Toronto, there are guys that I really do enjoy,、um, particularly Karolunka, who are、um, my boys Rohan and、um, AP, who are shout out Karolunka one time.、Mm-hmm. Oh, they're the best. They are the most like eccentric, weird brown rap group <laughs> ever. I'm in love with how they approach. Hip hop and what they do, and we have, we're, we're it, it, you know, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but like, it's been in talk. So, yeah, right. Okay, right. Yeah, you heard it here first. There you go. And the other group that I'd like to shout out and that I'd love to work with at some point soon is a、uh, New Age. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to New Age boys one time. I mean, in particular, who I'm,、uh, who I know, because my brother played soccer. With him because they're camel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's, and let's, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's t- let's let's touch on that quickly. Then, like, how how do you how do you see yourself? I mean, obviously, you're making music for the masses, and I think artists like yourself, we shouldn't get it twisted. You're a rapper who just happens to be Tamil. You're not a Tamil rapper by 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 no means, and that's like something that like especially on this show, we try to make that differentiation very clear that like this person shouldn't be identified. As an artist, by who they, by by their like ethnicity, but they're just an artist who happens to be a specific ethnicity,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah.、Um, but being uh, obviously a, a Tamil youth who's putting out music and putting out art, like how how do you see yourself in in that in that realm of like, you know, are the Tamil artists who are coming up as well too, or do you even have an opinion or take on that? Oh, I have too many takes on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
fun. Give us the hottest on, one. <laughs> it's on um, the way that I approach it, based on the way a lot of other Tamil people approach it, because I feel like the cultural slant gets very, very, very emphasized, and it, yeah. it, it, it's at the end of the day, hip hop is not our culture. That's it right, belongs yes. yep. to another group of people. So yes. for me to give up my sort of like mental health issues and for me to sort of go as personal as I do, I feel as though I'm giving that up to the art form. I'm sort of giving that. I feel as though that's what hip hop as a cultural form deserves in order for me to participate in it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of try to take the approach of just not thinking about being Tamil because I don't view life that way. Mm-hmm. That's I yeah, fair, fair. Life. Yeah. I sort of view my sensibilities and my value systems as inherently Tamil. Yes. And I think those are the things that make me more who I am than the music I listen to or the music that I make. And as a result of that, I feel like I try to speak to things that don't really exist in the Tamil community and conversations that don't really and yeah. we need that. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Facts. You like mental health and yes. sort of just being a brown dude who's out here just saying, I'm depressed. Yeah. I got yeah. issues. I, I think and that's the biggest self- piece, right? It's it's coming out and saying that you're depressed and the fact that you are a man, right? And it's, it's very mm-hmm. it's very hard to hear that. It's it's like you don't hear enough of it, right? It's yeah. In terms of open conversation and being able to dive into it. So the fact that you can write that through your music and then just say it. Say it proud and you know, yeah, like man. be able to embrace it is huge, right? Bro, that was great. I bet your Bold answer statement. was like yeah. fucking beautiful, bro. I'm, I appreciate I appreciate myself for asking you that question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Like it, it and it's it comes it comes circles back to it again and again too. Like conversations that aren't being had and the fact that you're bold enough to put that in your art and talk about it is super important. Not only just for, for the sake of the art, but for the sake of people going through things and knowing that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to be a, a person of color or a person from the Tamil community and talk about these things because in our communities especially it's not talked about enough yeah definitely and and speaking of carrying on you know um, your own version of uh, of being a Tamil and an artist at the same time how does that carry on into your name because of course you kept the name you kept the portion of Varman in your name right which is obviously Tamil so how did the name come about itself and and why did you choose to keep that piece in there um, are you referring to Sus? Yeah, Sus Varman. Yeah. Sus Varman? Yeah. yeah. Well, honest to God, there's no real, like, meaning behind it. Like, I, I don't know really what to tell people when they ask, just because I came up with the name because it was sort of ironic to what the idea of a traditional rap name is, because it's like, Big Crit, Big Boy, Big L, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Push a T, you know, these sort of bravado-laden names that are supposed to sort of posture you as the super cool dude. And I, I look in the mirror and I'm 5'7 and I weigh 100 points. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not that guy. I will never be that guy. So what if I took the concept of that and I just flipped it on his head and I came up with an inversely self-deprecating rap name. And yes, Stuff Barman came about, I sort of <laughs> was hesitant on it, and then people just kept getting upset with the idea of me having a self-deprecating rap name, especially my <laughs> brother. He really doesn't like it, and he kept telling me that I need to change it. And Bruh. that was three years ago he told me I need to change it. And just to, like, 
fight him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it looks like it went through one year and out the other. But he said Yo, but like us. but but like the irony is that now though, like in hindsight, after you put out all this music, is yeah. that like it, it it your name it doesn't sound self-deprecating anymore because your music is far from it. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? For real. Yo, that's interesting. That's an interesting that's take. Crazy, and man. it's crazy yeah. how that flipped over on its head. hundred <laughs> percent. He loves the controversy, that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> I can tell because like to be completely honest with you, I, I only came across you recently and your music recently and absolutely huge fan. But when I was first referred to you by, you know, another colleague of ours here at the After Hours show, I was completely thrown off because of the name, right? And like, that made me want to listen to the music even more because I'm like, okay, this guy's saying he's fire, but this guy has a name that is, that's Sus Marvin. I'm like, his music better be like on point. But, you know, mm-hmm. man did not deliver anything short of that. Absolute fire. Uh, I want to play another track for you guys right now, actually. This song is called Legacy. It's another song that came out here in 2020. Um, this was a remix, is it? This it is. It's a remix of a Jay-Z song Home from Baltimore. There you go. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this next track is called Legacy. It's the remix by Susvarman all, on all streaming platforms right now. We've got to take a listen. Off a lot, I gotta hold in both my hands Shiny objects that I boast in discussions of what's a man But I'm lacking time, got certain shit that I can't plan Like I'm sorry, little blue eyes, I'll catch you if I can, you know I've been working, you've been working, we can't find the time But what's worth trying to hold together, trying to find the line Cause I would never try to hold you back in the first place The most that I could hope for is to see you on your birthday still My chance is thin and how much can I take? I tap the ceiling I wish that I could catch an hour more than catching feelings I wish that I could catch my breath for maybe like a weekend Or something I could smoke to help me cope with all these demons I got a lot of nasty habits, need to practice healing I got a lot of nasty habits, need to practice healing What's esteem when self-destruction becomes more appealing? into sacrifices fam invisible friends distant my grandpa's dying find time to visit as a way to suffice i'm paying dues or paying visits till i'm paying the price but the guilt is all consuming and all my muscles aching like i'm just faking till the day this pressure gets to break me i owe to my craft what i owe to my kin but all my time been running out and now nobody win i chase mirages distant objects till they make me vomit i'm staying calm and staying strong so i'm just staying Coming from a like, I'm I'm a big Hole fan. It's no secret on the After Hours show. So this is uh, by default my favorite track, <laughs> and you've done justice to it, my friend. And, and I'm I'm super proud to you know hear this. So tell us a little bit about this and how how this came to be. Man, so this is another one of those like music production school trio songs, and I was just going like through it so bad. Like I was in such a bad. You can hear it. I was in such a bad place when I wrote it, and I I liked this girl, and I couldn't see her because I was like, too busy, and I felt like I was being pulled in all these different directions with work and school and my personal life and music, and I heard this song by Jay-Z who's like my objective, like not my personal favorite MC, but if you're asking me who the objective goat is, I'm saying it's Jay-Z because... Quite frankly, he's the only rapper who aged well. And there's a song called Legacy about that exactly, which is just what you leave behind. And I really loved it. And I really 
didn't care for the beat, quite yeah. frankly, because it was a little thin, in my opinion. No offense to No ID, who's quite frankly far better than I will ever be in his sleep. But <laughs> no idea. I, tracks. Let the story begin. <laughs> yes, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> There was also no instrumental to the track available, so I took the sample and I just made my own sort of rap shap version. I was going to say, because you hear the difference, and, it, and you did a really good job. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like yours has a little bit more of a jump, actually, because you, you pulled it off and, like, you know, pieced it together on your own. Mm-hmm. I had, like, hindsight's always twenty twenty, so I'll, <laughs> I'll give myself that. But, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that song was basically just me about my own but I, I i do genuinely still love that song and uh thankfully uh, in case anyone is wondering little blue eyes is still like one of my best friends like to this day like they are still somebody who a will never let me forget that i wrote them into a song and my most kind of quotable lyric and they are one of my best friends like to this day so like that part of the song at least ended well Dope, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about your inspirations, right? Because we talked about Jay-Z and how you picked this specific song to, to make a remix of. What are some of your other inspirations in terms of hip-hop artists and producers um, that you you know like to, to follow after or you really get some inspiration from? Yeah, your upper echelon of uh, artists so, who motivate you. So, of course, uh, Madlib and Dilla, like that sort of just the obvious sort of slant that I take on my version of hip-hop. Um, Earl Sweatshirt was the first person who I ever heard rap and looked at with my eyes and thought, oh, this is like the thing that I need to be doing musically <laughs> or else I'm going to flounder because he's the coolest guy I've ever seen ever mm-hmm. and I'll be just like him. So Earl Sweatshirt was a big one. Open Mike Eagle is definitely a guy who I look to a lot because he's just so unabashed with everything that he writes. Like, it's so him and it's so authentic and original and the whole concept of art rap is something that i take with my spin on hip-hop music and mm-hmm. he's definitely a big influence jay-z is a huge influence because he's just like sort of the catchiest if, if you ever hear me write anything that's sort of catchy-er mm-hmm. it's me trying to do a jay-z impression essentially because he's just so good at it mm-hmm. <laughs> recently drake quite frankly, okay. has been on form because he writes things that people remember when I write something like, sorry little blue eyes, I'll catch you if I can. I'm thinking of a guy like Drake because I feel yeah, like... some certified lover boy of, shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, he's a guy who's very in service of his audience and I always yes. like to throw yes. flashes up in there to remember that I am speaking to other people mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Six God. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Hope. Six is a six. Shout out to Sus Barman. So, <laughs> so, bro, thank you. Thank you once again for coming through and like telling us your yes. story and opening up. This is crazy that the fact that you put it all out there on the floor, you know, your heart's on your sleeves. And that's a big, big, um, like, big, big shout out to you. And so, usually, with what happens with all our interviews, whenever we have a guest on, we usually try to wrap it up with a couple rapid fire questions. Um, try not to think about it too much, but I mean, let's just we'll just take it from here. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, one piece of advice you'd have for a younger version of you? Man, <laughs> I don't believe I'm a big butterfly effect guy. I would leave that kid alone and probably just look at him for a little bit. Yo, like, okay. that's, that, that's probably one of the best answers we've got so far. That's, 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 that's what's up. Best answer, that's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. 
So one book or movie everyone should watch or read. Oh my god, book. Um uh, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. He's my favorite writer ever and if you ever eat have you if you've ever eaten in a restaurant, you have every reason to care about <laughs> why you get fish on a Tuesday. That's R- all I'll say. RIP Anthony Bourdain, that's a legend right there. The serve. Now what's your go-to motivational song? Go-to motivational song. I probably say right now it's a song called Antiquity by The Roots. It's from a album called Dilla Joint. Okay, dope. dope Antiquity dope, dope, by dope. The Roots. Yes. Now, if there was to be an autobiography about you and you had the decision to make that title, what would that title be? I think Sus. <laughs> you know, don't kill me that's literally what i was thinking in my head right now i didn't want to say it because i don't know how to sound offensive but Yo, it seemed like it was it would be perfect and like you just have a big bold wedding and yeah. like people just get so twisted off it they're like Yo. fuck i have to go see that shit right now yeah. you know like it speaks volumes man. it, it speaks yeah. volumes for real if i like, seen that i'll pick that up right away 100 percent. Like, that's a new york times bestseller right there, <laughs> yeah, right there. That, i can see that on the cover of times magazine right now just sus you know like, like what the hell is this yeah <laughs> Fucking a whole ass <laughs> new definition brought to the word sus by your boy sus barman yeah. absolute nothing but heat that's been coming out of you yeah, man 100 honestly i think uh we're getting a shortage of it like i feel like uh there's not enough to go around so we're looking forward to getting more music out of you and hearing more come out hopefully 2021 is gonna be gonna be blessed for you and we're gonna hear a lot more yeah uh man. good tunes and more uh, more vibes come out of uh come out of your studio 100 and coming from like even with the after hour show our goal is to just push the the tamil artists and our our community like unapologetically to the front, forefront and when we came across you and we stumbled across you once again like uh prodigy mentioned through a colleague who, who works with, with us on the after hour show we were fucking blown away like where the fuck were you hiding yeah, exactly. you know what i mean That's and like and, and and it suffice to say that like having you on the show and having this conversation you have not fucking disappointed yep. and you deserve all the like success and yeah. forward momentum that you, you i hope you know, i hope this conversation anyone who's listening opens up uh, some eyes like it has for me yeah you man 100 yeah fuck man sus varman bro thank you i just have no yeah. I'm, lo- I'm at a loss for words of like how, how great this was and like how like dope you are man you just continue being yourself unapologetically and keep doing what you gotta do and yo we need some more music man I, that's one thing we'll ask you is like please give us more you know <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thank y'all for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, 100%. Facts, 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, this was Sus Varman. Go ahead and give him that follow on Instagram at S-U-S-S-V-A-R-M-A-N. Go ahead and check out his music again, available on all streaming platforms right now. And we'll the YouTube the link channel, too. Don't forget the YouTube channel. And check out that YouTube channel, too. All the links are going to be in our bio. Once again, his uh, latest tracks are going to be on our Spotify playlist. That's Man's on a Rise. Go ahead and search that on Spotify, available now. Man, oh man, what an interview, bro! What an interview, man! Yeah. That's crazy, bro! Like this, I can't. I, so to be honest with you, like just from the from the get go, I didn't know what to expect from this interview. Yep. Just having a conversation because you see Sussvarman on um, like on YouTube and his music. I mean, his music is deep. That's something you can't take away. But on YouTube, this guy is a joker. Yeah, like he's hilarious. Uh, he's always you know messing around doing things, yeah. but he's deep. Yeah, he's yeah, deep 100%. all around. And um, I think a lot of the talking points that he touched on as well too are very important. Something that we should definitely talk about more on the after hours show yes, for sure. things like mental health and like you know navigating through community as being your own person and just like embracing yourself you know yeah definitely and you know one quote that he had in that song mine that stuck with me that he said was from dave Chappelle. you know he said the worst thing to call somebody is crazy and it's dismissive right 
Um, it's bullshit is what he's saying. He says these people are not crazy. They're strong people. And maybe their environment is a little sick, but mm -hmm. they aren't. And that's what Dave Chappelle said. Yeah. And like the fact that he was able to bring that into his music and, and be able to speak through it in his lyricism. Obviously, it's a topic that we need to speak more of. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be on air or in conversations that we have with our friend circles on a daily basis with our family and friends. Yeah, man. It's, I uh, think that just, go, just goes to show that, like, I think as much as we try our best to reach out and find these artists, mm -hmm. we are, you know, like, realistically, we are in our own little bubble as well. So if there's anyone who feels like they would be, like, make an impact to our audience or, you know, have an impact uh, to us and yeah, yeah. our speech. Or, or even someone out. who deserves that yeah, platform, right? Just reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. It's just We want to find these different talents, different people that we may not have the ability to just run into on our recommended page. You know what for I mean? Sure. Yeah. That's right. So if we're sleeping on your family or one of your friends, mm -hmm. give us a shout. Shoot us a DM yes, at AfterHours102.7. You can find us on Instagram. We Go got ahead a, and shoot us a we message. Are, we got a PR reach guy now, so, you know, he'll take care of all this <laughs> yes, stuff. Yes, sir. Yo, facts, we're, here to, we're here to listen to, right? Especially with the After Hours show, we try to create a platform where we're not we're not pushing our opinions or our thoughts on anyone. Yes. We're learning every day. We're constantly improving, and I think this is this is why we need to have these kind of conversations. Yeah. Big, big shout-out to Sus Varman. This man came in tonight and flipped the whole Ooh, show around. Yeah. You know I mean? Not so, sus at all. Not sus at all. The irony, right? <laughs> but, yo, that being said... This is the After Hours Show. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Mm -hmm. This is your boy, Matt. This is Cypher. It's your boy, Prodigy. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next uh, week. Peace. Oh, yeah. Set the metric, trying to breathe underwater. I don't want to talk about it. I just need never bother. I'm going to be like my father. Lead with the honor. I ain't doing this for shit. It's for heat. What he brought us, I ain't going to stop until this dark kid in the press. So throw your hands up if you dark skin in the press. Spite of shit that could go down, I still gave the lowdown. Known to jumpstart my Dynasty at a four count Might just head to Heathrow with four pounds That's not money Give a couple homies that good shit They're not funny Did it for my people It was done for myself Used to run from all my problems Now I run for my health uh, I run the gambit of Beatle Cannot imagine I'm eating rabbits like sandwich It's me and the way I have it Sinatra like type of mobbing Vince Carter the ball And he dressed like he Larry David But right like he paid homage What's up?